Welcome to Stream Police. <laughs> and I'm John Otney. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Michael Seventy. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing scarily good. More like yeah. Scream Police. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, Scream Police. What do you think a podcast called Scream Police would be about? I think it's about Wes Craven's Scream franchise. Like all the movies and that, that crappy TV show? Yeah. That, I'm sure that the Scream Police, as soon as that show started, they're like, finally, we can just stop going over the same four fucking movies. I think the only thing is with the whole police motif, it makes it sound like we're cracking down on something. Like continuity errors? No. I, I think uh, there's no continuity errors to be found anywhere in the Scream saga. In fact, I defy you. Listeners, if you can find any continuity error in any Scream movie, I will eat my shoe Herzog style. Well, you heard it here first. So if you haven't already guessed from our opening music, this is a Goosebumps-themed episode. And if you're not that familiar with Goosebumps, let me let me take you back to the 90s now. Goosebumps are these series of of uh, books by this guy named R.L. Stein. They were horror anthology books for kids. And they were just, like, everywhere. Like, you could get them at the gas station. They'd be in the dentist's office. You'd reach into your couch and pull out a new one. Be like, oh, I didn't realize I had Night of the Living W Part 3. Best entry in the saga. You know, it was just weird having this phenomenon. Uh... That was so popular with kids, you know, reading books. And this is, like, before the internet. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there was some weird, like, fan fan site. It wasn't before the internet. But, you know, it was, like, the early days of the internet. So, like... Ah, uh, that Angel Fire page must be so fucking good. It's weird that something like this could be so everywhere without having, like, Twitter around or something like that. So, Michael, I'd like to know, do you have any nostalgia for for goosebumps you know back from the 90s yeah i mean i think like you said uh, like pretty much any child of our basic uh, age range those were staples of the school library um and really any place where kids <laughs> reading dentist's office and, and such uh where those kids books would be found and you know i i would go and try to find the ones with the most enticing looking cover the ones that kind of either looked uh creepy which is kind of rare because i don't think any of the covers were really scary or gross which is more common like a lot of them had like weird ooze and and, goop yeah a lot of yeah and honestly i mean it was the 90s the secret of the ooze you had the second turtles uh yeah no that there was it was all gack and and yeah slime honestly yeah, Denise was the era of goop, and I think uh, I think that's what Gwyneth Paltrow's blog is about. It's about getting back to that '90s era of weird substances, mm-hmm. and that's the thing too that I was thinking while I was watching this. I, I I looked it up, and this was airing on Fox Kids. For some reason, I just assumed that I watched it on Nickelodeon. I think because of the green slime that is Similar like more font. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just yeah, memories, huh? Crazy, um, yeah. but yeah, no goosebumps. I would read the 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 main series and the choose your own adventure Goosebumps spinoff for a while. I think at some point in like third or fourth grade, I want to say I discovered Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by uh, I'm blanking. Is Alvin Schwartz? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Scary Illustrations. 
illustrations were so scary and as soon as i saw those i was like okay i i must put away childish things now because <laughs> nothing in goosebumps is as frightening as uh those drawings by uh stephen grimmel uh, or gamel rather um and honestly i i haven't read them in a while but i remember just the stories themselves being really frightening and simple and uh whereas with goosebumps i was like okay this was they're fun you know and and i think they they were endearing but uh i don't know that i was i i just remember goosebumps being something i really really liked for a little while yeah i mean being into goosebumps was just the thing back then like i had a goosebumps t-shirt you know like a bad hair day the one with the rabbit jump like that oh nice yeah (laughs) and i guess i think i said like that was oh this is my favorite goosebumps book but it really wasn't. It's just because I had the shirt and it looked kind of scary. Like it was about some magician or something. But I had like so many of the books and I probably read like maybe four or five of them. I mean, I just had them because it was cool to have Goosebumps books and they looked cool. They felt like really taboo and scary and like, like am I, am I supposed to like even have this? Contraband that you got. <laughs> like I even had like the parody book goose flumps goose flumps i'm unaware of this what is this it's like a goosebumps parody book like it's supposed to be like goosebumps but it's like more silly like airplane or naked gun but it's like oh i got trapped in the bathroom it's like the book (laughs) and had like really i don't know if there's more than one i think it was just the one you know just some kid getting sucked in the toilet that sounds not too far from goosebumps though like (laughs) i mean it was basically like the same thing probably with like I don't know, some knock-knock jokes or something stupid in there to make it extra silly. Uh, like, oh, Principal Stinky or something. Like, I don't know. But I have this very distinct memory of buddy Colin telling me that he saw it, like, in an elementary school classroom. And then Fred Sean was like, oh, you shouldn't read that. That's really bad. <laughs> and for some reason, I remember, like, being pissed off. Like, you don't get it. Like, Goosebumps is supposed to be like like satirical it's like a parody <laughs> well to be fair what were they drawing the line at, at quality is like <laughs> hey man goosebumps is serious literature goosebumps is a sacred cow that, <laughs> that goosebumps who the hell does this guy think he is i think the author of those was like rl slimy <laughs> see i think rl stein should have just changed his name to rl slimy would that have been so bad would have been great okay i just looked it up and it's r and are you slime that's the name of, of, of the author and i think there's a second one but i'm not sure what that one was and the second one is called eat cheese and barf parody of say cheese and die that is well played it's a masterful piece of art just like the first episode of goosebumps we're going to be talking about and yes, because this is stream, please, these are all available for streaming right now. They're all on Netflix, so you can you can go check them out after you listen to this. Um, our first episode, though, is Night of the Living Dummy Part 2, featuring uh, the iconic Slappy character I think we all know. You might be asking yourself, well, where's Part 1? And I kind of had a similar uh problem when searching on netflix for part one michael did you have a did you run into any trouble yeah that was i uh on netflix they had the sequel and i think uh i don't know how they because it's they have multiple seasons but i think they just kind of picked and choose certain episodes is that how they i don't know i mean yeah i don't think they ever adapted part one they only ever made the second one because it's superior oh as an episode yeah weird i know i guess maybe the first story just didn't work as an introduction to the character you know yeah 
So basically the story to Night of the Living Dummy Part 2 is we have this loving family and every night they get together. Well, I don't know if it's every night. <laughs> There's no reason to give this any more thought. <laughs> it's weird. They like do like a talent show or they call it family night, but they all like perform feats of ability uh, for each other's amusement. Like the dad will play like crappy songs on his guitar and one girl like paints and uh, the son like makes weird like avant-garde 90s videos it's kind of <laughs> hard to explain but then the main girl has a ventriloquist dummy you know she gets up there in front of her family and starts bobbing its head around probably telling some lame joke about like termites and bark and its head pops off and she's like oh no my axe ruined but then her goofy dad is like hey check behind the couch and so she does and there's a case and inside the case is a new dummy and the dad's like oh i got it from some antique stores just in the window and she takes it out and it's who else but it's slappy and he comes like this with this weird little card with writing on it i don't know it's like latin or weird like satanic writing but then she like, <laughs> reads it and uh, what she doesn't know is by reading this uh, slappy comes to life and then kind of raises uh, hell and mischief on on her entire family and it's an interesting one um yeah i don't know i you read the first night of living dummy right no i read like no books as a kid didn't okay okay so i don't know i don't know why i would assume that i don't, I, I think it's because it has to be uh, it, the most popular one right because it's got all the sequels and the spookiest cover like makes you want to die after you see it it is a pretty I, the cover of the book is is you know sufficiently disturbing i think a, a ventriloquist dummy is already inherently scary always so it's good fodder especially for kids horror and in the episode uh how on a scale from one to ten how freaky did you find slappy like like as as an adult as an adult watching this in 2015 okay one to ten Probably like four or five. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow, well, I man, you're a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, well, what, were, what were you gonna say? I was, I was gonna say like three. Oh, you, you see, you see, when you asked that, I thought you meant like, oh, he's like really scary. Like he's like an eight like, or something, or like a nine. No, I. Uh, I don't know. I, Three sounds about right, but but the thing is, I was expecting one or zero, <laughs> so three is kind of you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> just my the bar was low, yeah, and it stepped right over that bar <laughs> to a respectable three-ish. There's mischief. So yeah, I don't know. I I think there's something about a, a dummy that's alive that'll that'll get, give you a little bit of a of a shock. Um, I think the what doesn't carry that all the way through to to being a good uh, storytelling experience is the fact that uh, acting <laughs> wise and writing wise direction uh, production value not not a lot to write home about. I mean, this is territory that's been explored so many times already with other movies and tv shows whether it be twilight zone or child's play or whatever i will appreciate that they showed some restraint in slappy 
and you know and like they didn't have him like a full body shot of him like walking around like they always just had like his eyes just kind of tilt to the side or sure little kind of poltergeisty kind of uh flares of horror and everything but i think my biggest problem with this story i mean the acting is terrible so that's definitely a bad part of it but it's really like i don't really know what slappy's motivation is like is he just like playing pranks? Like, or is he gonna like? Yeah. <laughs> is he gonna like kill somebody? Like, if he gets a chance? Are we talking murder? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I don't, I don't remember the books at all, so I don't know uh what what his end game was or what he was uh. I mean, Goosebumps never seems to end well. If I've learned anything from revisiting the show. Yeah. Like they always set up these great Twilight Zoney kind of gimmicks, you know, Tide Zone for kids. Yeah. But I mean, like. By the end, it's always just some super lame explanation mm. for everything you've just seen, or it just totally yeah. like fizzles out into ridiculousness. I don't remember if the books were like that though, if they had kind of different endings or were a little more cleverly crafted. Yeah, I remember in the books that it was uh, kind of similar. There, there would be like half-assed twists, but even as a kid, thinking like, uh, huh, <laughs> not, not too impressive. And uh, I, I think also with the. Uh, I, I guess he was serializing this for a while because I'm looking it up and it looks like there were more sequels than I even realized. There was a Bride of the Living Dummy and uh, so on. So, uh, yeah, for this one, I guess the they leave room for a franchise <laughs> of, uh, of slappy stories. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you were just... If you, if you were Arl Stein's editor uh, and you... Just, I guess that doesn't work. If you were just watching this, pretend there was no Goosebumps books and it was just this that you're seeing, uh, would you immediately think Slappy is like a character that could uh, have legs <laughs> that could keep going? No. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have legs for one story, a little like four or five stories, because he doesn't have like a reason to do anything. <laughs> he has no motivation. He's just like, ain't I a stinker? And then he's like, I don't like you very much. I'm going to do something bad, but I'm not really sure what it is. But, I mean, I think they saw, like, dummies as something that's just always scary to people. So they're like, you know, they probably thought, oh, we could probably milk this for all it's worth. I mean, it's a class. Like, uh, have you ever, do you know about Magic, the Richard Attenborough movie? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Just watching the fucking trailer for that. It's it's <laughs> it's so unnerving. Oh, yeah. Like, the, there's something there, for sure. I don't know if it was... It's gotta be evolutionary. Like cavemen probably like made little dummies and were we were afraid of them. I don't know. I'm no scientist. <laughs> All I'm saying is <laughs> goosebumps. Uh, you had something kind of dropped on your lap here with a dummy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> try harder. <laughs> and they did with the iconic episode, "The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight." Whoa! And it's about evil scarecrows. <laughs> the rural dummy. Oh, yeah, you know, you're right. Dummies of the farm. <laughs> right. I think it just, people are always afraid of things that they don't think are supposed to be alive. They're like, oh, holy shit, that thing's alive. <laughs> so the setup to this episode is like how 90% of a Goosebumps episodes start. Well, maybe not 90%, maybe like 75, 68% <laughs> of how Goosebumps episodes start, where it's like two kids being dumped off with family that they don't really know that well, or they haven't seen in a while. In this case, it's their grandparents. But then weird shit happens, you know. It's kind of like The Visit, but it's like The Visit before The Visit. It's the pre-visit, yeah. But they go, and they visit their grandparents. And they're, like, super excited. It's like, oh, man, we're going to catch f frogs, and 
we're gonna eat chocolate chip pancakes we're gonna have like this fun time and it's like first of all i don't know about you but my grandparents are lame i've never had that much fun like i'm so excited to go see my grandparents yeah it was like rockwellian just that kind of image of these kids in the 90s being all super amped for you know but then after the boy says like he wants to catch frogs there's this weird farmhand guy that shows up (laughs) and just right off the bat like out of the blue he's like you better not catch frogs or the scarecrows are gonna catch you (laughs) it's like what and the grandparents are looking at each other like "Ah, stanley (laughs) and it's not like we even know like like how do those two things even relate like you catch the frogs that the scarecrows will catch you i think he says he likes frogs so it's like (laughs) it's like you be so you know mean to something something's gonna be mean to you it's just like out of nowhere yeah, that's left field. And it's a really unsubtle way to start the episode where it's like, instead of building up to like, what's going on right here? It's like, this guy's like, oh, scarecrows are going to come after you because cause you catch frogs. <laughs> Is that enough setup to, to get us started here? <laughs> I think we're good, yeah. So the kids spend their first night and they can't catch frogs because it's rainy and I guess that's not good frog catching condition. <laughs> and they wake up the next morning like, oh, at least you get to have the chocolate chip pancakes. But it's like, oh, nope don't have any chocolate chips well it's got that great conversation too where it's it's the same thing as with the frogs where uh they say grandma don't usually make chocolate chip pancakes and she the grandma uh like all the adults on goosebumps (laughs) as you'll notice uh just really overacting and and having this like meaningful look with grandpa and and she's going like uh i i couldn't get them to this morning like so like yeah be inconspicuous about it (laughs) if you if your whole if your uh facade here is just so completely derailed by a kid asking a very basic question why hey why not chocolate chip pancakes she's like uh uh uh, fuck uh uh because i couldn't i didn't remember I wasn't expecting that one. That's a tough question. It's really sweating under there. Right. Yeah. So it goes on, and we realize that Stanley mm-hmm. uh, doesn't like chocolate chips, and he doesn't like catching frogs, and he has some sort of weird control, grasp over the, the family, and we find out this is because he can control the scarecrows at night. Yeah. And, you know, Stanley's using the scarecrows to intimidate the old couple, you know, so he doesn't have to do, like, farm work. He gets the pancakes or the breakfast he wants. You know, frogs are not caught. But, again, it's like, well, he's sending out the scarecrows, but, like, what do they actually do to you? Yeah, that's the thing. She has that scary dream where the scarecrows run in and grab her. But, that again, it's like, what's what are they driving at? Like, <laughs> Maybe the book kind of illuminates it more, and it was just kind of lost in the adaptation, you know? Yeah, I mean, those books are like 120 pages, and they condense them into 22 minutes. I mean, you have to think something is lost there, right? Probably some, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of those, uh, I don't know if you remember in the books how we would end every chapter with, and then she found out that she was blind, and then the next chapter began with, just kidding, a cat was on her head. (laughs) You know, probably a lot of that stuff had to be cut. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> a lot of those great fake outs. So it's not like the extra pages in those books like provided that much more character motivation or insight. is more like so Arnold Stein could have extra lines of him just writing, thumpity, thumpity, thump, the monster went through the door. He opened it. Boo! <laughs> I mean, he was the master of child suspense. I mean, whatever, whatever that is. I guess I just invented that title. But I mean, like, I had that book. I had Scarecrow Waxman. It's one of the ones that I owned. Yeah, what's the cover on that one? 
I mean, it's just like a scarecrow, but like it's pretty creepy. Like he's drawn really creepy, and his eyes like it's kind of like looking at you. Oh, sure, okay. But I mean, it was scary. Like I was saying, it's scary yeah. because you don't expect it to be alive. Well, yeah, it's the same thing as a dummy. It's a scarecrow. You know, there's something kind of freaky about that. I mean, except in the episode because they look so shitty. But uh, let's see what else is there. Oh, you know, we haven't even talked about. There's that weird like uh, country kid who's like all badass with the flannel, and I think he's the son of of Stanley. Yeah, sticks. And I found it kind of weird that he's Stanley's son because Stanley's such a uh, of mice and men kind of character, like this weird simpleton. It's just weirdly implied that he's like his dad. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know uh, how much are you're actually told in the episode about. Like they just kind of imply that Stanley is hired help and that he is like uh, the the Lenny of of the farm. But then Sticks, I guess, yeah, they're, he just kind of shows up at one point, and at, <laughs> there's so much backstory that we're not given. But I mean, he's just like there to be like stupid city kids. You don't know how we do it in in the in the farm in country life. Yeah, he's just this weird bully character. I liked him. <laughs> I mean, I guess I did too. It's just weird that he's there. Yeah, I, I just like that he he was like, yeah, you kids from the city, you don't know what it's like on a farm. <laughs> like it's just like with cows and grass. <laughs> like it is funny. Like I, I like that, <laughs> that that's there. But God, it's like what a dick, though. You know, like, they just. I mean, they already got scarecrows. They yeah. need this kid too. But but also just because like I, I can't believe the I've never would have imagined like me and my sister going to a farm you know and, and we're not even city kids we're suburban kids but we were but being like amped like they were to catch frogs and just kind of play catch and eat pancakes like they were game I don't know why you have to be such an asshole to them I, it's not like they were like fuck farms yeah I would have done that like if I if I went to that farm now I'd be like this place sucks where's my Game Boy you know, I have a question for you Michael something that I didn't understand is did they ever explain how the uh, the scarecrows came to life? Like how Stanley <laughs> willed them into his power? Well, that's the great thing. This is where I was like fucking rolling. Is that the he, he I, the explanation is? Uh, you know, my dad found a book of spells. He thought it would, it, this is a literal line. He said he that. thought it would be cool if the scarecrows were alive. <laughs> so it's cool. Yeah, so he found a book of spells, which, wait, what, 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 also, what? <laughs> yeah, where, <laughs> where did, and yeah. what kind of spells? Like, we got to know what kind of force we're dealing with here. Is it is it satanic? Again, we're just, we have to keep asking this. Is Satan in control of the dummies and scarecrows <laughs> coming to life? Is that what's behind this? But yeah, but also just that, that he said he thought it would be cool if the scarecrows were alive, which, yeah, that is cool, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I would say emancipate yourself from this man. He's not fit for anything. It's one of those things where I feel like Goosebumps presents this bizarre uh, phenomenon, and then they try to right. explain it, but it, their explanation only makes it more confusing. Mm. You're like, well, wait, no, now I want more insight in what what you're trying to tell me here. Like, wait, what what's going on? Yeah. I mean, the reason for the scarecrows existing is actually more ridiculous than them just existing in general. It'd almost be better if there was no explanation. I mean, there's a lot of Twilight Zones where they didn't explain it. Exactly. And that was something that uh, Rod Serling, the R.L. Stein of his time, was very good at. <laughs> that was his official title, which is weird. Yeah. That's how he's remembered. Yeah, R.L. Uh, actually stands for Rod Serling Light <laughs> Stein. <Yeah>, so <laughs> his parents were <laughs> wanted him to have that path. 
Now let's move on to another um, Rod Serling light classic, and that's an episode <laughs> I think I think a lot of people know because it's the one that stars Ryan Gosling, and that's Say Cheese and Die. And I mean, I think Ryan Gosling's the most famous person to have ever been on Goosebumps. Though I did find out that Hayden Christensen was actually on an episode a long time ago. Oh, yeah? He was on uh, Night of the Living Dummy Part 3, I think. Huh. Was he slappy? Because his acting is so wooden. Oh! Ah. Except in Shattered Glass, he was okay in that one. Um, I'm going to have to take a word on that. <laughs> but this right. is a pretty classic kind of setup. Very Twilight Zone. It starts with some kids. They're staring at some old warehouse where some creepy scientist dude uh, lives. Some old man that really just looks like a guy in a shitty wig. Yeah. And he's like an inventor, and they see him leave his house, and they sneak in, and they find this weird futuristic camera, and they start using it to take pictures, and then they find that the pictures they take are from, like, the future. You know, like, this kid, they take his picture, and then nothing happens, but then he walks up some stairs, and it, like, collapses, and they look at the picture, and it was him, like, falling. So it's like, whoa. But for some reason, Ryan Gosling's, like, the only person, like, who gets it, and, like, no one believes him, which is weird. I don't know. Maybe his friends kind of do. But it's like kind of that classic Twilight Zone uh, type of story where it's like someone's trying to convince everybody that, oh, my God, I'm taking evil pictures. You got to believe me. But nobody wants to believe him. <laughs> and um, right. and I also kind of like that they don't – it's not like he takes a picture and then right after uh, he takes a picture that something bad happens. Like it's always – it's always unpredictable. Like, he'll take a picture of his sweet, like, super 90s Allison Chain's brother standing in front of a car. Yeah. And then the, the picture, and the picture of the car is smash. But right. it doesn't happen right away. It happens, like, way later when his parents are driving it. So, like, you never know when the bad thing's going to happen. So, that kind of makes it, there's some suspense there. Yeah. So, there's some interesting themes going on here. Yeah, especially, like, uh, kids who uh, are refusing to take pictures of people. Uh, I think that was an interesting dynamic in the episode is people getting really pissed off that he wouldn't take their picture. <laughs> like those bullies that come to him was like, hey, take our picture, kid. <laughs> I mean, it was such a novelty back then, you know? Yeah. It's like people didn't have phones everywhere, so it was like, take a picture is a big deal. I feel, Yeah, you know what? That was it. I, I was wondering, like, uh, I was just thinking, like, is this something that's just R.L. Stein's uh, typically a, a strange view of human behavior? <laughs> yeah. Or is this like, oh, it's the 90s. They don't have camera phones, so kind of makes sense uh well although on the note of rl stein's depiction of human behavior i love the family going on a spontaneous car ride in the middle of dinner because the kid's saying oh this car's too shiny and the dad's like nonsense we're going on a ride (laughs) (laughs) knows what he wants yeah but yeah no it is um yeah i think it it's easy to see why the book was such a success for the goosebumps brand because uh, you can't really miss with that story of a magic camera that shows it's like a magic eight ball of your death. Yeah. I kind of, I, I don't know. I, I think that's like a, a strong enough premise that you kind of can't make it bad unless you're actively trying. And, uh, you know, little Gosling, he's he's watchable. Sure. Uh, he, I found out he was also on Are You Afraid of the Dark, Nickelodeon's scary show. Oh, yeah, it's another Canadian show. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that, yeah. I don't know. Gosling was just trying to do every Canadian kids horror show. Got the market on Canadian anthology horror. <laughs> and then one day, uh, Nicholas Winding, without, I don't know how to say his name, the guy who made Drive was watching that and thinking like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He saw it and he just cried. He's like, I need that man in my movie. <laughs> I must have Goosebumps, boy. I don't know why I'm giving this voice. Goosebumps, boy? And I think to this day, he goes by Goosebumps, boy, as his, <laughs> as his middle name. Yeah. 
Hey, on another note, uh, I always like it when any Goosebumps episode can incorporate the cover uh, somehow. So I thought it was pretty cool in this episode how, oh, if you remember the cover to Say Cheese and Die, it's like a bunch of skeletons barbecuing. So there is a scene in here where Ryan Gosling has a dream where he sees his family and takes a picture and then looks at the picture and they're all skeletons. Oh, no. And it's kind of fun. Except it's like weird because like they're drawn skeletons, so it looks really shitty, but... I mean, it's Canada, so what are you going to do? I, I think they did what they could uh, with that. It is. I do like that image. That is my favorite cover, and I saw it a lot in the school library, again, just because that's, you know, it's a family, but there's skeletons. That's kind of freaky. So, yeah, I don't know. that. In another Arl Stein dream sequence classic, I uh, thought that was, uh, yeah, effectively uh, <laughs> it hit my nostalgia button and my, ah, skeletons <laughs> button. So good job. Say cheese and die. Yeah, we all have a, we all have a skeleton button in, deep inside of us. And was it me yeah. or did this episode seem different? Like maybe it's because it's an earlier episode. It felt like more like cinema verite, like <laughs> 90s style, like the camera's moving around. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just felt more indie or something. <laughs> not, not as like produced as other episodes. Not that they looked that produced, but uh, it had like a feel to it. It was a little grungy. Grungy, that's it. Like, yeah. I mean, it was the early yeah. 90s, so it definitely makes sense for it to be grungy. Yeah, well, it felt grungy also in that the older brother looked like he was listening to Screaming Trees when he went to his <laughs> room. all the time. Yeah. Really, my only problem with the episode, again, is the ending. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, the crazy man, spider, or whatever, wants his camera back, and they use it to, like, take a picture of him, but <laughs> he, like, gets sucked into the camera, like some weird effect, and there's not really any good explanation for why it happens. If there is any, I don't remember. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Like, I mean, it kind of matters a little bit. But, well, I, I get it is like the same thing with the Book of Spells and the Scarecrow thing. Like, either have no explanation or uh, and don't even hint at it or give enough of an explanation that's sufficient. You can't just, like, hint a little bit at it and then not, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean, for something like this, yeah. I think I would have at least liked to see, like, oh, it has, like, some other button on the camera that when you press that button, it, like, sucks things in. It sucks pictures in. Uh, and then, of course, they have a little scare at the end where the guy gets, like, unleashed uh, after some some bullies take a picture of him. <laughs> I was trying to read up on Goosebumps Wikia why he even invented the camera. And it sounds like he kind of invented it so, mm. like, he could become famous, I guess, in a way. But then it was, like, it had too much power and it was, like, hurting the people that he liked. So he had to, like, not use it. <laughs> so many easier routes, Spidey. No, that's how you you got to build like an evil magical camera to grow like a superstar. I mean, at least that's the explanation in the book, like you know where it really counts. Um, I mean, I don't know. There could be lots of stuff that's different in the book that didn't make it into this episode that makes it make more sense. Like, like I have no idea. It well, okay. I'm reading the uh, book synopsis. Apparently, it was changed for the TV show because in the book they he dies. Oh shit! They they kill him oh, and God. by taking his picture and he, he trips he over something. Up. I don't know. Uh, so they had of to they have to whimpify it yeah. for the the TV yeah, version. They, yeah, they just uh, kids can't kill on TV. I mean, it is Y seven literature. But I mean, like, didn't anyone ever die like in an episode of Goosebumps? Goosebumps did have a ghost uh, family with a ghost girl. Okay, yeah. Um, I think that's different though because if they're ghosts, then it's there's no finality to it. Right. If you, if you kill kids on TV, on children's television, you have to 
established that there is an afterlife. <laughs> I think that's in the standards and practices. The FCC oh, yeah. tells every kids show creator, if you kill kids on this, you got to make sure that they have souls. And you have to establish that within the mythology of your show. Kill kids clause. <laughs> the killing kids clause coming to ABC Families, Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The killing kids clause. That's what we all needed. It's like the Krampus. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, it is it is a, a bit of a sanitized uh, Fox Kids take on uh, of a very dark uh, children's book. Another dark children's book is Monster Blood. I believe it's the second Goosebumps book. And I had it, and I think it is one of the few that I actually read. And so this one's basically about, uh, again, some kid moving in with like his aunt or something. And she's like all kooky, and she like kind of kind of deaf or something. And he goes into her kitchen, and he finds she has this weird jar of like green stuff that it, it basically it's basically gack, you know, it's some sort of slimy ooze. And like he finds out it has like amazing properties, like it can get big, and like he can squish it up into a ball. Oh, and he's hanging out with some neighbor girl too. He's like, squish it into a ball, and he can like bounce it, and it goes really high. And I believe the line was. It just went into orbit. <laughs> I love that line. And then over time, like, it starts to get really big, and it starts to... I don't really know what it's going to do. It's kind of like uh, the blob, I guess? Yeah, it's like the blob. Okay, so it just devours stuff just because just it can. Yeah, it's Blob Jr. Okay. And I think that's uh, that's pretty much where the episode goes, mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's a, it's a... This witchcraft slime thing. Right. And, uh, and then a, a cat is actually a lady. Yeah, it's really weird. There's, like, this witch who's, like, this cat hiding in the old woman's house, and she's been, like, tormenting her. I, I have no idea what the point of that whole thing was. It just, like, so there was an enemy or something? I, it was weird. Did you watch part two? Hell yeah, I watched part two. More Monster Blood? Uh, yeah, where it's, it's, like, it's basically snakes on a plane. It's Monster Blood. It, it's, it, the whole thing is on a plane. Yeah, I never, never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, more Monster Blood. That's a good one. I remember seeing that one when it aired, like on Saturday morning television. Even the first episode, like, ends with him getting on the plane, so it segues right into the next one. Oh, but something we forgot to touch on was the end of the first Monster Blood. It has like the best ending ever. So basically, yeah, there's like this witch who's been tormenting this old lady for some reason, um, and they're like, "Oh no, what are we gonna do?" But then earlier, you remember that, oh, wait, the boy had a dog, and the dog ate some monster blood. And I guess since the monster blood can grow, when things devour it, they grow. So then at the end, when the witch is coming after the kid's aunt, the dog, like, shows up, and you can see him outside the window. And he's not, like, <laughs> hard to explain the effect. He's, like, giant, but it's, like, some weird photography effect. Kind of like if you ever seen Night of the Lepus or something. And he's, like, putting his paw through the door and like swiping at the woman i guess like i don't know killing her <laughs> like attacking her it's just like this really weird effect and like you gotta check it out it's it's really bad uh very early cg right it's I like mean, cutting edge for back then <laughs> i think it's Ardman studios stop motion in, i think industrial light and magic pitched in too i just everybody got together on this oh yeah one. they collaborated yeah, it's it is entertaining to watch though. I have to admit, there's a there's kind of a kitschy uh, fun to just seeing what 1990, what five, six, uh, yeah, yeah, what they what they were capable of on 
this kind of low budget Canadian kids uh, series, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know why we keep going to the Canadian. <laughs> well, whenever we're describing some why the show is like shitty, we just say, well, you know, it's Canadian. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, a lot of stuff is shot over in Canada because it's cheap and there's, like, tax benefits, so I'd understand it being cheaper. Yeah, like Vancouver, yeah, sure. And and also, I think, uh, yeah, it was, that, that's exactly what it is, is, is it's cheaper to shoot there. But then, hey, if it's, for if that's the reason why, then you should, uh, I expect you to have better effects than ever. <laughs> you should be really having first-rate stuff there um but yeah no it is it is just this great nickelodeon slime dog melange <laughs> that is uh, i recommend everybody uh, check that out i hope it's on youtube isolated as a clip so i can just watch it on repeat <laughs> yeah so let's move on to uh, more monster blood mm. okay so in more monster blood the boy from the first is getting on a plane he meets up some other kids and he's telling them his story and I guess the monster blood like sneaks on somehow onto the plane. Like it's never really explained. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think I think it's just it's like a Alien Three. Like it just kind of snuck on off screen, you know. So yeah, so he's getting on the plane. I think he's gonna live with his dad in Georgia or something. He meets up with these kids. The nerdy kid who can't eat anything. There's a girl who like seems too cool, a little too old to be there. And then uh, <laughs> there's this bully named Conan weird weird name right. for a character this really stereotypical bully and you know he's telling the story and then what happens weird stuff starts happening on the plane like a fat guy goes to go sh- shave or go to the bathroom and oh my god there's there's monster blood in there and it takes over and then they have to fight back on the plane pretty intense and i guess like fairly original happened before snakes on the plane did so. yeah it's probably about yeah. as good too uh you know i have a stray observation that i like to bring up not that it really has that much to do with anything but there's this one scene in Monster I noticed where uh, the boy's talking to the girl and she's drawing a picture and it's uh, like a giraffe or something. And he leads over and he's like, oh, that's a cool like giraffe picture. And he's like, oh, thanks. And when, it was weird when I saw that scene because I'm like, okay, first of all, that is a really, really shitty drawing of a giraffe. <laughs> and like second of all, like isn't she like too old <laughs> to be doing like drawing something with like colored pencils? And I feel like that just sums up Goosebumps so well. It's like, do they – does Arlstein know what kids are like? <laughs> that's a that's an interesting thing too. Is uh, I'm not really sure if the writers of the show understood which like uh, ages, uh, which what kids would be doing at different ages. Like right. at a certain point, like characters that are clearly supposed to be like you know little kids, and characters that are supposed to be preteens, early teens, mm-hmm. are all kind of doing the same stuff. And and I, th- and I think there's like no. Uh, I don't think uh, R.L. Stein really knew what a what a young lady would be doing on an airplane. I mean, she's like thirteen, and she brought her colored pencils. Yeah, to to do a picture of a giraffe. Just going to town on that giraffe. <laughs> she's working really hard on it. Yeah, it's not even a good giraffe. No, it's a terrible giraffe. That's why it's like so weird. Like, yeah. what what's going on? If you're gonna be a thirteen year old girl drawing on a plane, that better be a good giraffe. Damn right. You know, you gotta, you gotta own it. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, eventually they do defeat the monster blood. They find out that it has a weakness to airline food, because airline food makes you sick. So, um, they, like, feed it a bunch, and then I guess it, like, dies. I don't don't really remember. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. It's kind of silly, the lending. I like it. I don't know. It's, I kind of wish that it was more like that. I wish the whole series was a little bit more goofy. Yeah. 
uh not that it's like not that it isn't goofy but i I just wish that there were more uh like written gags like that or just funny ideas like that because i think goosebumps i was hoping just because it's fucking goosebumps that it would be (laughs) a little bit more wacky with stuff like that yeah it's usually played pretty straight and pretty serious which i'm not sure always works for it i mean i respect that they're trying they're not like talking down to children but at the same time it's like make it make it fun like make it wackier or more humorous sometimes you know you could i mean i know it came like years later but there's no reason it can't be like Shaun of the dead the show with lots of sight gags and jokes and (laughs) yeah sure yeah and i mean i think like are you afraid of the dark i i ended up watching an episode uh on youtube the other day Uh, just as a contrast, and I gotta say, I was uh, impressed. I mean, yeah, that show was was fun. It really pushed the limits. Sure. I mean, sometimes being way darker, and I mean, kids would like die on that show. It's probably a better show. We should probably be talking about that, but you know, it's not on streaming, so I guess right now we're stuck with Goosebumps. But uh, you know, back to Monster Blood. It's 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 one of those memorable Goosebump things. It's one of the big episodes. It's got like. It's one of the franchise ones with a bunch of sequels, so it's important. Yeah, so Monster Blood was kind of like uh, Night of the Living Dummy then, right? Just yeah. Just in terms of you know, getting serialized. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize this, but there's a Say Cheese and Die again, too. So. What? Yeah. What the? Okay. Not about all these sequels in the in the Goosebumps franchise. I mean, I guess there's like hundreds of books, so you had to repeat yourself a couple times. But like, I mean, do we really need that many slappy stories? Well, then, I mean, I guess, like, they did need, you know, some kind of mascot or something like that. I think that's exactly it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they need a mascot. I think also uh, sales-wise, maybe. Uh, it's got that great cover of just a scary dummy, right. you know. Speaking of Slappy, just because I didn't mention this earlier, uh, one of my favorite Onion stories, do you know this one? Uh, it was right around the time that jk rowling uh revealed that dumbledore was gay uh-huh. uh the onion put out a story that said rl stein reveals slappy from night of the living dummy was gay <laughs> and it's just it's so stupid it's like a one paragraph thing but it's just it's, it, I, every time i think of goosebumps at all that's the first thing i think of yeah that's pretty good i've never heard that you know i got a question you know since we're back on the topic of uh slappy and everything were you kind of disappointed when you saw that episode that Slappy doesn't look anything like he does on the cover of the original book. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I was kind of, <laughs> I, I, I feel dumb saying this. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping, yeah. Uh, even if they couldn't get exactly that masterpiece of terror right. uh, down physically, I don't know. They could have. I, I feel like it was a, a major downgrade. I don't know. I mean, he looks so inhuman in that that episode like he's got weird blocky orange hair and eyes that are way too big like it doesn't look anything like any kind of dummy i've ever seen (laughs) yeah just like a weird face and while we're on the subject of weird faces let's talk about the endlessly terrifying the haunted mask this is like this is like an eight out of ten on the scarometer i'm super brave so it would only been like a four for me but yeah no i agree with what you're saying (laughs) that's good to know so the Han Mask is a, uh, I believe it was the first episode, it's two-parter. So this little girl who's just very easily rattled. Everything scares her. Halloween's coming up. She's dreading it because these two boys always make fun of her all the time. But, you know, she's going to make it different this year because she's going to scare them. And the way she, she does that is she finds this mask shop. And inside, there's all these really freaky-looking masks. They're actually pretty cool. And uh, she, like, gets one. Um, she kind of like steals it. I mean, like she gives like the guy money, but he doesn't like want to give away the mask. 
because it's like evil or something. So she like throws money at him and then runs out with the mask. And of course she puts it on and then like it changes her. And over time she can't take it off. And it's it's pretty it's a pretty good uh, you know premise for like a Halloween episode of like a spooky kids show. And plus, I mean, this one has like that introduction with R.L. Stein, like introducing the episode. Right. Though, of course, it's disappointing because he's so flat. I mean, the opening always makes R.L. Stein seem so cool. Sinister. Yeah. Again, I was. I'm just hoping that the guy who's writing Goosebumps is gonna open by saying "Good evening" for like it's like the just like. Keeper. He was like, hi, I'm, I'm R.L. Stein from accounting. Uh, just uh, thought I'd drop in, uh, you know. I mean, he has zero charisma. And uh, it's disappointing because, you know, you see that figure at the opening credits. And uh, we haven't really talked about that much, but it's really cool. And uh, But then he comes on, and it's just so disappointing. Fuck R.L. Stein, man. Yeah. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. He seems like he probably is a nice guy. Yeah, he's probably nice. But I... <laughs> I, I just he's he doesn't have the the charisma to to sell that opening scene. No, he's just he's just not an actor. I mean, he seems so much cooler in that opening credit sequence, which we haven't really talked about. And you know, if I'm going to compliment anything about Goosebumps, I have to compliment that opening credit sequence because that's like one of the best parts of the show. It always gets me pumped. I was always really into that as a kid, and I'm still into that as an adult. Yeah, I thought I think that's a good opening with him uh, walking into town and his briefcase blowing open because it just seems like oh, whatever was in that briefcase is such a powerful force that it escapes right. and like haunts the. T- but then, like with its Arl Stein on the opening, you look back at the intro and it's like, oh, he's probably just walking around. I was like, oh, oh, my briefcase <laughs> fell open again. Oh gosh, oh boy. <laughs> right. But I do love in the opening. Uh, I never noticed this as a kid, but when that g silhouette thing uh goes over the dog and the dog's eyes glow a a barking dog isn't then incorporated into the theme song goes (laughs) you never noticed that i never know i think i was always too terrified of that billboard (laughs) the lady on the billboard freaked me out too much and i just (laughs) like turns her into a heroin addict (laughs) that's what it looks like yeah just like aftermath (laughs) right but no i love that i love the music that great piano riff and it's got like the sweet, the sweet hip hop beat kind of backing it. Yeah, it's it's got the um, the drums are are there, and then it has this uh, kind of creepy, like exactly what you would want a kid's haunted piano <laughs> theme to be. And yeah, and it's always nice how they incorporate it into the episodes. Like I'm pretty sure they incorporated it into the haunted mask. Um, so I guess I should bring up Michael, the uh, the mask in the haunted mask. How scary is that mask? I would say slightly more scary than uh, the than Slappy. So it's okay, so like one out of ten. I don't know. I'll give it like a nine. It's kind of high. <laughs> like nine and a half, ten. I don't know. Yeah, this sounds about right. Oh yeah, it looked good to me. Yeah, I, I like the masks in this episode actually. Now it's hinted at that the mask uh, and some other masks in the guy's store are alive. Do you remember what the deal with that was? I don't remember. I know that she goes into the mask store, yeah, and she like she's in like a hidden room that has the masks, right? Yeah, he keeps them in this back room that people aren't supposed to buy them or anything. Yeah, but they like move yeah. around and like wink and stuff. For some reason, they're alive. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's a creepy guy for sure. Yeah, I don't know. And she's like, oh, I want to be scary because and uh, what a cute kid in the in the <laughs> protagonist role those, right, those guys are really being mean we're making her eat a worm and stuff that's oh, not so gross i hope that never happens yeah that's that's really crazy like <laughs> you 
Making her eat a worm? Jesus Christ. As for the conclusion of the story, I'm sure all of you are dying to know how it how she the, the girl overcomes the mask, or if you just can't remember, or whatever, because it is kind of odd. At some point, she just kind of comes to this epiphany that only true love can defeat the mask. Or maybe the mask guy tells her that. So, uh, I don't know. She, like, <laughs> experiences love or something. I don't even remember how it happened. Because um, I guess, like, hate fueled the evil mask. So, you gotta, like, right. not have hate. Yeah. I yeah, I think that's exactly it. And, like, because she hates the bullies. And that fuels the mask. But you kind of feel bad for the mask. Because the mask mayor talks about how they were once beautiful before they became grotesque. Yeah, that's true. I do you think this is within the same universe as the Jim Carrey mask? I think most things are. All right, good. <laughs> There's a shared continuity because <laughs> then maybe maybe it's playing by those rules, you know, okay. where it's like a Viking. It's I don't know. It, it, yeah, like some sort of curse, some sort of peoples right. uh, gave that. Uh, I don't know because he made the mask. Yeah, they're not like ancient. <laughs> God damn it. it! It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's a fucking clusterfuck. See, I'm really hoping that we're, there's like a serious finale where it find, we find out that it's all connected. The book of spells with the scarecrows and the dummy. Like this is all. It's like lost. Like it's all leading to something, right? Would have been a good idea. Yeah, the best idea. Yeah, it would be. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> so, do you think it's a, a good episode? Like a good Halloween special for kids to watch? I mean, it's the premiere. Uh, I think it. I remember seeing it at the VHS of it at the video store a lot as, when I was a kid. So maybe just the fact that it was so widely available and and kind of uh, significant, it sort of made it stick in people's minds a little bit more. Um, I will say that it. I don't know, like the the masks and having a mask that you can't get off. That's. I think that would freak out a kid. Um, if you've seen Halloween three, it'll freak you out like currently oh, so, hell yeah. <laughs> uh you know it, there's there's something there and right. yeah i don't know it's just uh the kids didn't stink up the screen they did a good enough job sure and uh although i i did love the the pirate kids joking around in the cemetery being like yo ho ho which again rl stein <laughs> no these <laughs> if you're like a 12 year old you're not gonna like run around pretending yeah. to be a fucking pirate but um yeah, no, it, it's it, it works. If I were uh, a kid, I, I would be all over it. And watching it now, I, it's certainly not bad. It's It does its job. Well, I can tell you that Therese Clark from Common Sense Media rated the book three stars out of five. No. Commenting that it is ideal for reluctant readers and Halloween-themed sleepovers. Ah. Well, I'm <laughs> one of those, and I'm having one of those, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Clark bump, RLS9. Oh, yeah, from Common Sense Media. Whatever that is. Huh. That's kind of weird. Common Sense. That sounds like it's probably, like, conservative. Yeah. Like, yeah. Trying to protect kids from Thomas Pin- scary things. Improves the lives of kids and families by providing independent reviews, age ratings, and other information about all types of media. Hmm. Sounds conservative. Well, it says it's San Francisco-based. Oh, well, then... Hmm. I don't really know. Then that's interesting. It's fine. Let's. This is great. <laughs> this is great podcasting. <laughs> Two guys reading about stuff. Yeah. It's like getting the facts. About it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's read more and just listen to our clicks. And alongside us trying to like 
vaguely recall a children's <laughs> pro- like program like what was the plot of this goosebumps episode that we saw the other day <laughs> so what happened huh what is this saying what's this <laughs> click click <laughs> oh that's <clears throat> i'm like laughing myself to death mm. uh which is you know the response you're supposed to get when you watch goosebumps so in conclusion michael it's halloween night there's some kids they want to watch something spooky would you recommend Goosebumps to them? Yeah, probably. Maybe they just don't know there's anything better. Mm. <laughs> there's They didn't even know there's Are You Afraid of the Dark yet. Yeah. They don't even know Ryan Gosling will go on to be on a, a superior Canadian children's horror show. God, you know, it's a real shame so, we couldn't yeah. we couldn't talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark. I guess it just hasn't caught on in the same way. I mean, it didn't really have the merch or like advertising to kind of back it up. No, because, I mean, it doesn't have that brand name. It doesn't have, like, you know? Slappy and, like sweet mascots and books and any of that stuff no but it does have that match and maybe that's probably why it didn't take off because kids shouldn't be watching stuff with oh matches. yeah you, like start a huge fire that's like yeah. fucking dangerous okay and at this point i thought it'd be fun to talk about a few other goosebumps episodes we watched in preparation for this list i watched a few extra ones and michael i know you did and what i wanted to bring up that i thought was kind of interesting was i watched the um, episode how to kill a monster and I watched it with my nephew because he thought that one sounded good. And again, it's another one where the kids are like dropped off at some farm or something. And their par- their grandparents, I think it's, it is, leave them alone for the night because they have to go do something. And uh, then there's like there's some rattling and they hear like, oh my God, there's a freaking monster in the house. And, and you see it and it's so terrifying. And my nephew was so scared. I was like, wow, this is actually scaring him. This, I mean, this thing does look scary. It's like this huge reptilian puppet like this may be the scariest thing i've ever seen on goosebumps oh i see it that looks like the dinosaurs attacks cards kind of oh yeah those are so sweet those are freaky yeah Yeah, forever haunt your dreams (laughs) yeah haunt your screams (laughs) yeah no that's a yeah i can see wanting to check that out but i can also see being scared of that you know, if you also watch the two-parter attack of the mutant which is about like a superhero from a comic book it becomes real and it's really weird because the superhero is like Adam West in like a weird costume. I forgot that existed. Yeah, I, oh man, I should have watched that one. I remember seeing the book uh, in the library and uh, arguing with some other kids about how it wasn't Batman. And they were like, oh, it's a Batman book. And I was like, no, it's Goosebumps. It's just like it's it's riffing on Batman, man. It's, we'll get it's it. a, you know, it's a postmodern jape. <laughs> it's a moon. Call it. Yeah, no, but uh, it's cool that Adam West uh, did that. He's always game. He's always down. And uh, I'll check that out. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Now, what episodes did you watch, Michael? What's what's one of the ones? I went with uh, Welcome to Camp Nightmare as my elective episode. Uh, I never read the book, but just... Uh, I don't know. I, I always uh had a fear of camp <laughs> of summer camp as a kid sure so i decided to check that out and just watch it and ask myself would uh like i don't know elementary school me find this scary <laughs> and i gotta say the opening is actually kind of creepy because it's just this guy it, this bus driver dropping the kids off in the middle of the road and they're saying wait this isn't camp what are you doing and he's just being silent and he drives off and that's kind of effective but then like this um ron swanson almost looking guy kind of comes out and uh says oh hey that's just the bus driver he's crazy uh here's camp and then the episode really it's a two-parter actually uh, it, it 
takes this turn for the more knowingly kind of cheesy uh that i was kind of hoping goosebumps would be um and it's just like the kids are all different personality types it's like the sandlot gang kind of like there's that one kid who's always like i'm joking around (laughs) there's one kid who's like i'm not joking around i'm scared and uh but there but there's just some so many great lines that i i think are intentionally funny like it was the writer fucking around like uh this kid gets hurt and he's like he's asking where the nurse is and they say there is no nurse and he goes there's no nurse and the older like counselor kid goes no what do you think this is a camp for wimps (laughs) as soon as that happened i was like right like it's so good and uh yeah i don't know it there it's effective and and it's kind of shot in a way that reminded me of like um kind of good 90s kids television like adventures of pete and pete where they would kind of you know they'd go for a a little bit of a like they'd have fish-eyed lenses for like uh the weird shots of characters faces you Mm -hmm. know they'd they'd kind of experiment a little bit and be you know they they'd stretch what you could do a bit and um and then there not only that but there was actually one kind of effective (laughs) scene where uh the kid it's a long story but he's got (laughs) he's going into the woods and uh he's walking by all these letters to home that are kind of like strewn among the trees and there's voiceover of like scattered voices of the kids writing like dear mom dear and it's it's kind of (laughs) works i gotta say uh yeah i i I dug it and then uh but what the ending of the episode is uh spoiler alert uh he confronts the the head of the camp with a crossbow and shoots him and then he's he like grimaces in pain for a second but then he smiles and he's like you passed the test and all his friends and family and everybody's like clapping for him and it was like his parents come out and they're like yeah we're government agents and uh we have to go on an assignment in a faraway place and we couldn't take you uh with us unless we knew that you could handle it (laughs) and which is bizarre enough on its own and but then the final completely unnecessary gratuitous twilight zone twist ending is wow so where's it uh where's this new assignment and the mom points up to the sky and it's she's like it's a planet called earth and then we see a shot of earth (laughs) with like spooky music like uh like whoa 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 what i'm collecting myself after that Jeez. first twist it's like michael scott had directed a goosebumps episode you know because yeah. it's like such a weird uh just piling on the the ridiculousness and it's uh i loved it i just i really loved uh watching that i had a great time and i'm thinking of watching it again soon <laughs> that sounds so good now i really want to see that yeah. um was there any other ones that you happen to check out <laughs> i got a couple <laughs> go for it yeah. yeah tell me about it uh one one that i checked out i think just because you mentioned it was uh werewolves of fever swamp oh yeah is that what it is yeah Mm -hmm. um which i (laughs) i have almost nothing to say about the episode itself uh in terms of like i don't know plot (laughs) uh stuff (laughs) but what is interesting is i i don't think i've ever seen like uh any like children's tv show spin its wheels so much like just spending so much time without anything happening and i think i figured out it's because uh i I think they overestimated what they were able to do with werewolves on that budget 
So, so we end up getting like this really slow burn episode of like a lot of hints of the werewolf and it ends up being a two-parter and I just got really invested in this like family drama. It's, it's, it's kind of like this, I think it's way better than it would have been had they had like a good, uh, you know, thing going there for the werewolf. So, uh, so I checked that one out and, um, I, I just didn't have enough to say about it. So I ended up watching one more, which is, uh, the uh what's it called the ghost next door oh yeah and uh it's literally it's like the sixth sense basically oh, yeah, this yeah. girl i read that one yeah and i i remember there was an are you afraid of the dark episode that was also basically the sixth sense yeah, and weird. apparently this might be just I, I i don't know if it's on snopes or not it might <laughs> this might be some bullshit but okay. apparently like m night Shyamalan watched that episode of are you afraid of the dark and like yeah, I mean, I doubt that's true because even if there was similarities, would M Night Shyamalan like confirm? Yeah, I was watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. That's where I got the idea <laughs> for Six Sense. But um, but yeah, I think this episode actually as came out uh, earlier, I believe, and uh, it's basically the same thing, but it's a little girl and she befriends a boy, and the boy can communicate with her but the girl's family died in a fire and she is, has to help this little boy because before she can move on to the spirit uh world and again she's dead but it's okay because she's a ghost <laughs> and that's tvy7 um so yeah no that's um that that one's worth watching uh just for that i don't know interesting trivia there i think just that it's uh it's similar i'm sure there's other things before either of those but yeah, but uh, the kid uh, is really bad. Um, most of uh, the kid acting on Goosebumps is kind of sufficiently mediocre, and there's been a couple of ones where it's like, oh, that was that kid was all right. And, and uh, but yeah, this one and uh, some of the Monster Blood stuff, just like awful acting. Yeah, so bad. I did like the Haunted Mask girl, though. I think I said that earlier. Like, I thought she was pretty good. I mean, every once in a while. Not all kid actors are bad. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Gosling, he was definitely pretty good, which is probably why he's famous now. Did you, um, do you remember that time that it was uh, me, you, and I, I forgot his name. I think it was Davis something. Uh, we were hanging out in fr- uh, when we were shooting uh, Aaron Amort's movie. Yeah. And we were talking about Ryan Gosling because we had watched uh, Place Beyond the Pines. And I, I, I think Davis was talking about how, like, whenever Ryan Gosling yells in a movie, he, he never – it's always like, I'm yelling like this. I'm yelling like this. Give me the <laughs> – <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. That always stuck with of. me for some reason. I think I don't that know. sounds familiar. I'm glad I, uh, glad I remembered that for this. Put, put it out there into the internet <laughs> it's good stuff it's funny yeah and here we are today you know now we got a, a goosebumps movie that's out and uh i think people like it the the response has been positive like reviews are are saying it's it's pretty uh it's in, it's endearing and it's got amy ryan and ken marino <laughs> in the cast so yeah uh, honestly i i can't say it's like appointment like I, I i i have to go see this but like i could definitely see me uh seeing goosebumps <laughs> honestly sure uh, i don't know if if that if i'm at like the mall already <laughs> and i got some time to kill all right so there you have it uh we had some fun watching goosebumps you can have fun too uh checking that out on netflix 
You can also check out more episodes of Stream Police on mildlypleased.com or iTunes by searching Mildly Pleased. We wish you a happy Halloween. Uh, before we call it quits, Michael, do you have any last words? Uh, I just want to say uh, it went into orbit. Thank you.